We are learning Daphim <coughs> Hey. We're starting from the Mishnah about a third of the way down. So we're, again, we're talking about the Nazir who's finished the term of his years. So he has to bring Karbanos and shave his head. So we're going to learn about the process of that. And then again, we're going to be learning about some of the contrast to when a Nazir who becomes Tameh brings Karbanos. That, that in, that, in that case, he hasn't completed his term, the opposite. He has to go back to, to day one. But before he's able to go back to day one, he has to bring Karbanos. So the Mishnah says, how does the Nazir uh, do the, sh- the, the, the shaving betahar? Meaning, betahar is a way of saying he's completed it, everything's good, not the tummy case. So what does he do? Maybe Gimel he brings three animals. The three animals are Chatas and Ola and Ishlamim. And obviously, they're going to be three different types of animals. The um, Ishlamim is a ram, the Chatas is a female, and the Ola is a male. So the first thing that you do, the first animal to be slaughtered is the Shlamim, and then you shave it after sacrificing it. These are the words of review. So we're going to see the Pasuk actually is a, a, bit, a bit vague about which one, which one comes first, but it seems that Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, we'll see in the Mishnah and the Gemara why, is that it's the Shaman that comes first, and then the shaving is done after that first carbon. What are you talking about? Not after the Shaman, it's after the Chatas. Doesn't the Chatas always come first? He agrees, Rabbi Lazar agrees to the premise that the shaving takes place after the bringing of the first carbon, but he's saying, who told you the Shaman is first? No, the Chatas is first, and usually there is such a halacha that whenever a Chatas is brought with an Ola, a lot of times you have a pair of achatas and ola. So the achatas always comes first. So he says, if I have to pick which of the three to go first, I'll pick achatas. However, that's not agreed upon, right? We see that, that uh, Rabbi Yehuda disagreed. He says the shalom comes first. And again, we'll see more of these details in the Gemara. Then the Mishnah tells us something that is just a good rule that everybody holds up. So if you went and shaved your head after bringing any of the karbanos, you are yotze yerchiv. Meaning we're just talking about what's the best way to do it, the ideal way. But let's say you didn't do it the ideal way and you shaved after doing even the ola, right? Let's say everyone agreed the ola doesn't come first. But let's say you did it that way, everyone would agree you're yotze. So in conclusion, the shaving comes after one of the karbanos. The question is, which is the first carbon to be offered that then the shaving comes? Rabbi Yehuda says it is the shalom. Rabbi Lazar says it is the chatas. But... If someone deviates from what is ideal and he brings the, even the Ola first or something like that, and he, 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 he shaves afterwards, he would be Yotze. Says the Gemara now really a totally different point. Let's say the Nazar shows up the three right animals for the base of Mikdash, but he hadn't consecrated, he hadn't specified which animal was intended for which carbon. Now, the, what's interesting is that it sounds like he should. Generally, when you buy an animal for carbon purposes, you're mocked the shit. You consecrate it. You dedicate it. You say what it is. But here, you're showing up with animals. Each one cannot be used for the other type. You have a type of a female lamb. has to be the chatas. The male lamb has to be the ola. And the ram has to be the shlaman. So therefore, it's kind of a given which type of animal is going to be used for which carbon. The one fit, the female lamb, which is the only one fit for a chatas, then it is self-evident that it's the one that's the chatas. The one fit for the ola should be the ola. The shlaman to grab shlaman. And then one animal, which is fit for the shlaman, the ram, should be used for a shlaman. So basically we're saying it's self-evident here. In the group of three carbonates, which one is going to be used for which? And therefore, it's not so important that there be a maisa hektish, a designation uh, by the owner, which one is going to be used for which one. All right, so now we're going to go back to understand Rabbi Yehuda's position. Rabbi Yehuda's position is that the first animal that is brought is the shlamim, and then the nazar is meant to shave 
right after the Shlamim is brought. Tanarabanan says in the Bryce of Vigilach Anazar Pesach Olamoid. The Nazar should shave by the Pesach Olamoid, right at the entrance of the tent. So we learned about that entrance yesterday. We were talking about that Shara Nikonah, right by the Temple Mount, right where it goes into the Azar. So that's what you would normally assume is the Pesach Olamoid. And the Pasach and the Pshuto Shomikra, this is one of those things where the rabbinic interpretation is different from the Pshuto Shomikra, is that the Pasach seems to indicate that that's the location of where the shaving takes place. But Chazal say, no, that's not what it's saying. The Pasach is telling you that it should occur when the shlamim, um, after the shlamim was offered. Why? What connection is there between the shlamim and Pesach Olmoid? Because when whenever the Pesach talks about the shlamim, it says, you should shecht it, Pesach Olmoid. It should be shechted by the entrance of the Olmoid. So meaning to say, we're saying the Pesach is not saying literally sh- that you should shave there. It's not telling you proximity. It's not telling you a location. Go shave by the entrance. No, that's not what it's saying. It's indicating what type of carbon you have brought when you shave. You should shave after bringing the carbon that it says about the carbon that it should be slaughtered opposite the entranceway. So as the Shlomim, the Pasuk says, is slaughtered opposite the entranceway. So when it says shave by the entranceway, it means shave after bringing the carbon that is described as being brought by the Pesach Olamoid. So that's a very much not the simple shot in the Pasuk. You're saying that the Pasuk is saying that after you bring the Shlomim, it's not telling you the location of the shaving. Maybe not. Maybe it's telling you literally that you should shave right by the entrance of the Olamoid. How do you know? Maybe it is telling you that's literally where you shave. Says the price saw Amrit, you would agree, that would be um, a bizayun. It would be something which is degrading to the sanctity of the location. Meaning shaving is something like, it's not, it's not you know, it's not something, nothing forbidden, nothing bad about it, but it's, it's not exactly a holy sort of thing. So everyone would agree that doing that right in the Shah Nikana, right at the entrance of the holiest place, we would assume that that's a bizayun. So therefore, we don't want to understand the Pasuk in a literal way. So we use this value of what would be a derech bizayun in the right and the wrong way to treat the Kedusha of the space as telling us what the exact, of what actually the meaning in the Pasuk is. Now we give another, uh, another proof. Rabbi Yishamayin Otsarach, you don't even need that point. Based upon logic, he says, of course, it's forbidden to shave there. Why? What does the Torah say? The Torah says that we're not, there has to be a ramp that goes up to the Mizvech. You cannot have steps. Why not? The idea is because there would be disrespect when the Kohenim would walk, so they would expose some of their leg if they were walking up a step, when someone walks up a step, so the, the, there's a partial exposure of the leg, and even that, the Torah is sensitive to, we don't want. It, it says, therefore, you should have a ramp. If so, all the more so, something which is actually degrading, like shaving your hair right there, is certainly forbidden. So he's saying a little bit more with emphasis. It's more than, it's more than just the like it's against what logic dictates, but rather it's a din in the Torah, and that now um, stands as the, as, the, uh, as, as the source, I guess, that you can't do such a thing there. Now, there's a little bit of a question here with these. If you notice in the Gemara, there are brackets here. Is it, is it, it really seems like it's kind of the same, just saying it over in a different language. We'll read it quickly, but it's, it just seems to have appeared in the Gemara. There's a different Nusuch of that. Brisa from the Medrash Rabbah to Parshas Nusuch. What does it say in the Medrash? The Nusuch should shave there by Pesach. The Pesach isn't saying that you shave there, but rather it's telling us that he shaves after the Shlomim. That's the point. Oh, wait, no, maybe it's not. Meaning, maybe it's telling you literally you should shave by the entrance. It must be what he means. The Torah said 
that you can't go up on steps. Certainly, you shouldn't shave by the entrance of the tent. Therefore, it must be, possibly, not saying you shave there, but telling you that you shave after bringing the carbon shlame. It continues the bride. You don't need to say that it comes from there. Another source that you can't actually be shaving by the Bezalchalamite. This is something new. What does it say? After you shave, there's a fascinating thing. He should take the hair of his nazar head. He puts it in the fire. So what's happening is, is that he's putting it in the fire that's under the carbon shlamim, under the, the zavach. So he puts the hair into it, into that pot. Um, not into the pot, into the fire that is, is fueling the pot of, of shlamim meat. Meaning after you shakla shlamim and you throw the blood in his back, now you have meat. You eat the meat. So you're cooking the meat and... What's cooking the meat? It's in a pot. Under it is a fire. The Nazar is meant to take his hair, to take some of the hair that he, he had shaven and place it into the fire. Right? Almost like a bizarre halacha, but that's what the Torah, the Torah says. So now, what, what, what do we have to do with this? The Torah says he takes it and he puts it in the fire. So it sounds like it's like right next to each other. It sounds like all he has to do is take it and put it in the fire. Yatsu says, if he would shave by the Pesach Olmoid, it wouldn't be right next to each other. would miss... First, you would have to take it, bring it to the fire, and then put it in the fire. Meaning, they didn't cook the shlamim right at the Pesach HaMoy. The Gemara takes that for a given. The shlamim can be cooked anywhere in Yerushalayim. So, if it's a given that the shlamim is not being cooked right in the entranceway of the Olmoid, so it cannot be that the shaving was right at the Pesach HaMoy, because the Pesach implies that he takes, he shaves, and he puts it in the fire. It's Mashma. He's like in a location that's right by the fire. So if, 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 if it was literally that he shaves by the entrance of the Olmoe, so that wouldn't be true. He would have to take the hair, go move around, go find the, the pot where it's cooking, and then find and go put it in. So that's not the pasuk. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fluid motion. That, you know, he goes, he takes it there, and he puts it in the fire. So it must be. It's not literally Pesach Olmoe. He could have another version at this point. Rabbi Yisrochalim, Rishlam, Akasim, and David. The Pasuk is talking about the Shlamim. He says, after Shlam, Atam, Rishlam, Akasim, and David. He's really talking about the Shlamim. Maybe it's literally you you shape by the entrance there. Tam, Lomar, Vlagashar, as Sa'arosh, Nizro. He takes the hair of his nether head. Malkum, Shem, Avashlam, Mishgalach. The place where you cook it, that is the place where you shave. So, the point is that he should be able, right after he shaves, he should be able to take the hair and put it on the fire without having to bring it to another place. So what's interesting about the Gemara is the Gemara just assumes that the cooking was not Pasachon wine. You know, there's different ideas about where it was. They used to have actually one of the, one of the chambers that was on the Temple Mount was called the Lishkas HaNazir. And they used to, customarily, they would do it somewhere there. So, but again, it didn't have to be, most of you shouldn't say, it didn't have to be done there, even on the Temple Mount. It could be just be done anywhere in Yerushalayim. Practically, it seems it was done somewhere on the Temple Mount, but it definitely wasn't Pesach Olmoid, right at the entrance uh, to, by the Shire Nicanor. Okay, very good. Now we continue the Brisa. Other people darshan different things from this Pesach Olmoid business. Abba Khanan Omishim says, over the name of Rabbi Pesach Olmoid, the Nazar should shave by the entrance of the Olmoid, Kozman She'in Pesach Olmoid, Pasuach in Megalach. If the door is not open to the Olmoid, the Nazar cannot shave his head. So Pesach has a double meaning. Pesach can mean entrance way, it can also mean open. So what it's saying is that the Nazar can only shave when the doors of the Azara are open. One of the doors of the Azara open and one of they closed. So every nighttime they would close the gates. So it's a way of saying that the shaving has to be done during the day. That's the point of what the Pasuk is saying. The Gilach, he should shave, he should shave only at a time when the gates are open. So again, this time, everyone's in agreement that you don't actually shave in the Shara Nekonor by the entrance. The question is just, what's the Pasuk saying? Everyone told us, been saying, oh, you, you relate it to the Shlamim that says Pasuk and now we're looking at it differently. 
that it might be saying you have to shave during the day. But if you don't shave at the nighttime when the gates are closed. Another interpretation still, is saying the Nazar shaves there. So only the male Nazar shaves over there close to the entrance, but not the female Nazira. We don't want the young Khanim to be aroused through all of this. So in other words, the point that we're saying is, she would be exposing her hair over here, and that might be something that the young Khan might, 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 might be aroused by. So therefore, it cannot be um, that she should do it there. So they challenge her. What about a sota? What happens? The, 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 you're trying to say that the head shaving can't take place close to the Azara, but I don't understand. What happens about the sota? The Kohen makes her stand in front of Hashem and he uncovers her head, right? That's part of what it, what it is. That's part of the process. There's a whole thing about we expose her hair and, and, and we hope that it might get her to um, admit what she has done before we make her drink the water. So there, it's in the Sharnikiner, and you see that we are not concerned about this idea about the young Kohan. So the Gemara says, Unbelievable idea. The Gemara says, The Nazira, she comes up with all her make. she comes in with all her makeup. She's got the eyeshadow, she has all the cosmetics. So if in addition, when she has that applied to her face, in addition, she would be exposing her hair, so then that might be arousing the Kohan. But the Sota does not, to the opposite. The Sota is purposely, purposefully made unattractive. There was all the sorts of things, and we wanted to make sure she would be closer to admitting it. So she was made not wearing, she wouldn't come in with her makeup and this and that. So therefore, in the context, without the makeup, if she exposed her hair, it's not an issue. It's only an issue, the Gemara is saying, when it was the Nazira who could theoretically come in with, in with makeup. So we have many, many different interpretations here about what the phrase Pesach Oel Moed is teaching us, whether or not the Nazir is actually literally shaving there, it certainly would be forbidden. But Al-Kopadam, the main shita that we walk away with, Rabbi Yehuda shita, is that the Pasuk is connecting it to shaving after the Karban Shlom. The Karban Shlom in the Torah says, you slaughter it opposite the Pesach Oel Moed. And therefore, we, can, we, we associate the Shlom with that phrase. And the point is that the shaving that the Nazir does is both meant to be done after the shlamim is brought. Okay, very good. Says the Mishnah. How you know those? So you take the hair. Tonight we're talking about the process. How you know those are Rosh Ezra? He takes the hair of his Nazir head. He throws it in on the fire that's under the pot. And again, this is the pot that is cooking the shlamim. The Pasuk says, He puts it on the fire, which is under the Zevach. The Zevach Hashalamim. So he takes the hair, he throws it in. Let's say he shaved outside of Yerushalayim. So again, it sounds like theoretically a person could do it in the wrong way, right? He could do it. So let's say this guy did it all outside of Yerushalayim. Then he would not throw it under the pot. And the, as we've spoken about, the Torah doesn't specify where the head shaving uh, could be done. So it could be done even outside Yerushalayim. So, but the issue is the meat of the shlamim is not taken outside Yerushalayim. So if somebody is um, shaved outside Yerushalayim, you wouldn't throw the hair uh, under the pot because it's supposed to be done as we saw immediately. You don't have, you're not, you're not, you don't have to go bring it. If there's missing a step of bringing it, and that's a, a hassock between taking the hair and putting it in. So therefore they just wouldn't do it. And it sounds like if you just don't do it, you know, it could still be okay. It's meant, there's a mitzvah to put the hair under the pot. There's no question that it's meant to be done. But if it's, if, 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 if it's not in line with the way the Torah writes it, then it can't be fulfilled. So if you're shaving, for example, outside of Yerushalayim, where even if the shaving itself could be fulfilled that way, because the Torah didn't specify the place, we said Pesach HaMoed is not the, is not, is not the truth about where it's slaughtered. So then, so then, so then, so then if he, if he did the shaving outside Yerushalayim, so then in a Hanami, in that case, he wouldn't be able to fulfill 
the putting of the hair under the pot. Says the mission of Where is this all said? Only by the head shaving of Tahara. Only by the head shaving of Tahara do we say Allah that he puts the hair under the pot of the Glachas Atoma. In the case of the head shaving of Toma, he wouldn't throw under the pot. In other words, by, by, by when a Nazar Tame is shaving, remember, we, we saw yesterday on the seventh day of the, of the Tahara, so there's no din. There's no din that he puts the, 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 the hair under the fire. There's no such thing. So just to clarify, the Nazar Tame doesn't bring the Shlomim at all. He brings a Khatas, Ola and Asham. Chatz and Ola are bird offerings, and then in Asham that he brings is a is a lamb. So so not 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 only is it, is it done for a different purpose, the animals aren't even the same. So saying Tiklachas of Toma, there's no din to put it under the pot of any of the Kabbanas cooking. Rabbi Meir Omer, no, you do. All in the zirim put their hair under the pot, even but the one exception is a Nazar Tame who shaved outside of Yerushalayim. So according to our mayor, Nazar who shaved his head in Tahara would always put it in the pot even if he shaved outside Yerushalayim. That's another dispute. So he's arguing on two points. The Tanakhama held if a Nazar Tahara shaves outside Yerushalayim you don't bring it in. And Rameir is disagreeing. He says that you do. And number two is the Nazar Tame who shaved in Yerushalayim. Nazar Tame who shaved in Yerushalayim. The Tanakhama was saying there's just no such thing as a Nazar Tame putting his hair under the pot. And Rabbi Meir is saying no, that there is such a thing. The only one who does not put his hair under the pot, according to Rabbi Meir, is a Nazar Tame who shaved outside Yerushalayim. But any other scenario, Nazar Tara outside Yerushalayim or Nazar Tame in Yerushalayim would put the hair under the pot, whereas the Tanakhama holds not that way. Now we get into this. Not this he takes the hair of his Nazir head. After you take the hair, looking at what you do, you take some of the gravy. Remember, the, the Shlomim is cooking, so you take some of the gravy from the pot. You put some of the gravy onto the hair. And only then do you put it in the pot. Very interesting. So before the book goes in the pot, you're applying some of the gravy on it. Another point that the Bryson makes is that if let's say you put it under the pot of the Chathas or Asham, you have been Yotze. So the Gemara tries to understand this. What do you mean you put it under the Asham pot, you are Yotze? Just to clarify again, Nazar Tar brings Chathas Ola Shlomim. Nazar Tami brings Chathas Ola Asham. So the Gemara says, Asham Nazar Tami Ika. There is no Asham by the concluding process of a Nazar Tar. So we're assuming, if we're assuming that we saw in the Mishnah, Machlokas, Rameh, and the Rabbanon, but if you assume like the Rabbanon, you only, you only have this whole process uh, done to put the hair under the pot. You only do it by Nazar Tar, not by Nazar Tami at all, at all. So there is no Asham by Nazar Tar. So what are you talking about? What do you mean you're Yotze if you burn the hair under the pot of the Asham? This is what the Bryce is saying. If Nazar Tame put his hair under the pot of the Asham, he has been Yotze. So Pashup Shat the Gemara means actually this Bryce is going according to Rebbe Meir. According to Rebbe Meir, you should. According to Rebbe Meir, you should in fact put the hair under 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 the under the cooking meat even by Nazar Tame. And we're saying which one does it go under? It goes under the Asham. That would be the simple Pshat and what the Gemara is saying here. All right, now, the first line of the Brisa, which was fascinating, that you put the gravy on the hair before the pot, and immediately he says, well, how do we know that? Where'd you get the gravy from? You take the hair, and you put it on the fire that is under the shlam and carbon. We learn from here that the carbon should be, part of the carbon is going under the pot. Why? Because the word zevach is extra. It could have just said shlam. So we're saying that, 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 that part of the carbon should be put in the fire that's under its own pot together with the meat. So what does that mean? How is part of the carbon going under, going under the pot? Because there it says, you're putting, you're putting some of the gravy on the hair. And only then are you putting the hair, um, are you putting the hair under the pot. 
says the Gemara Vimchil Dachas Agusha Chatzas Yatsa. We said that it's good if you put it under the Chatzas Rashim, you still fulfilled your obligation, even if it's not under the Shalom. You're using my time on my cross Zevach. The Rabbis Chatzas Rashim didn't just say put it under the Shalom. It says you put it under the Zevach Hashlamim. So we interpret, yes, ideally it should be the Shalom, but but the evidence if you put it under the under. The other carbonus, you still are yotze. It's acceptable. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? I picked the Zevach You said that the word Zevach means uh, the halacha of the gravy. You said that that's what it means, that you come and you put the gravy on the hair before you put it under. So how are we learning another halacha from the same word? What is Zevach teaching me? Is it teaching me the law of the gravy? Or is it teaching me that it could go under the pot of the chatas as well? Says the Gemara, Imkain, if he's only coming to teach me the law of the gravy, let me call me Rotevashlam. It could have just, instead of saying Zevach, it could have used a more explicit word. It could have said gravy. My Zevach, why does it use? That general term of sacrifice, Rami, no, the Rabbis Chatas Vashem. So we're saying, we learn two things. From the fact that it says Mizevach, you learn the gravy, but the fact that it says Zevach and not Rotev, a more explicit word, we learn that you're Yotze, even if you put it under Chatas Vashem. Says the Gemara of Eimakula Chatas Vashem, Mudasa. Why don't we say that the word Karban, Zevach, comes to only tell me the Chatas Vashem? How do we know the additional law of the gravy? Maybe that's all it's coming to teach me. In Korean, if it was only coming to tell me the Chatas Vashem, Lema Shalom and Vazevach, it could have said, Beneath the shlamim or the other carbon. My zevach hashlamim. What's the phrase in that sequence? Zevach hashlamim. I learned both points. So I learned from the word zevach that even if I put it on the chatas washroom, you're good. But from the sequence that it said zevach hashlamim as opposed to shlamim vazevach, we learned that it's the gravy of the carbon shlamim itself that is meant to go, ironically, back under the pot. All right, now we go and discuss that last point of. Um, who does this process of putting the hair onto the pot? According to the Rabbanon, it's only uh, the Nazir Tar who's doing it in Yerushalayim. According to Rameir, it's all Nazirim except for the Nazir Tameh outside of Yerushalayim. According to our mayor, all Nazirim put the hair onto the pot, except for Nazir Tami who shaved outside Yerushalayim, because in that scenario, the hair is meant to be buried. It's not so clear what the source is for this halacha, but the Nazir Tami who shaves outside Yerushalayim, that is the one case where instead of the hair being thrown under the pot, rather it is buried. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, the Nazirim that are Tahar, whether they're in Yerushalayim or outside Yerushalayim, put their hair onto the pot. Whether you're shaving in your shalom or outside, do not put their hair under the pot. This is the way we had them in the Ara Mishnah. All of the shlamim, all of the nazirim would not put their hair under the pot. The one who does is Tar Shem and Mikdash. Another Tar who's shaving in the base of Mikdash. That's the only way it's being done in the ideal prescribed manner. When the Nazar Tar, so not tell me why Nazar Tar is doing it, and he's doing it in Yerushalayim, that's the one case where uh, the hair goes under the pot. So in conclusion, we have three shitas about who does it. According to the Rabbanan, it's only the Nazar Tar in Yerushalayim who's doing Kemitzvah. So the opposite extreme of our mayor is all do it except for the Nazar Tami outside Yerushalayim. In the middle opinion uh, is that all Nazirim Tarim do it, but not Nazirim Tameim. Okay, Shkorech.